0: Managing depression can be challenging. Dealing with the stigma around mental health issues can deter people from confiding in others and seeking supportive help. Mary Stewart and Jeff discuss various types of depression, the journey to identify coping mechanisms, and finding an effective plan that supports emotional and mental health in order to maintain positive total well-being.
1: Many people don't know what depression is. Depression is a mood disorder that affects our mind and our body. It's what we call a whole body illness, and it's a mental illness. It negatively affects how we think, feel, or act. It creates sadness in people and a loss of interest in some of their day-to-day activities. It can cause emotional and physical problems and decrease people's ability to function at work and home but it can be managed as we will hear with Jeff through appropriate treatment plans for most individuals and it is not a sign of weakness. It's a mental illness. 20 to 25% of adults suffer an episode of clinical depression at some point in their lives. Almost two times more women have an episode of clinical depression than men Many times, it's because of hormonal changes throughout their lifespan, uh, single parenting, juggling work and family life, caring for elder adults. Men are very underreported, however, and the reason why is because they talk less, they're less likely to seek help, it may show up as irritability, alcohol and drug use, and violent behavior. Let's talk for a minute about the spectrum of depression. There's three different places on the spectrum. There's mild depression, moderate depression, and severe depression. Mild depression is when a person has days of depressive mood that interferes with their activities, and it can go on for two plus years. If it does go on for two years or longer, it's something that we call persistent depressive disorder. Moderate is when there is an increase in problems at home and at work and within the social realm. And severe depression is when we see major depressive episodes that include or can include delusions, hallucinations, suicidal ideation, and can be quite debilitating. Um, One of the things that we use when treating depression is something called cognitive behavioral therapy that is very well researched and very effective for many people. Uh, It's present focused and it helps people learn good problem solving skills. It helps them identify distorted thinking and change their thoughts, feelings, and behavior.
2: I think a lot of times because one, I think we grew up in past generations where we didn't talk about mental health you, you weren't you didn't have mental health problems you didn't talk about yourself we, we don't talk about those personal things you know we don't talk about what's going on in our lives we don't talk about you name it parents fathers spousal problems, all that kind of stuff and so still fighting with that and and still sort of struggling with that and it, it's still a stigma i mean I, you know it's I still consciously think when I go into a room and I'm about to divulge some of that information, what the backlash might be or what people might say or what people might say behind my back.
1: There's a stigma out there in our community about seeking mental health treatment. And it's very important for us to recognize that mental illness is not a weakness and seeking help is a strength. And we do have family members and friends that may think that they're being supportive and making comments about seeking help as being less than a strength. It's important for us to push through and go ahead and get that professional help. Our family and friends can be supportive in some ways, but they're not non-judgmental always because you already have a relationship with them and they don't have the training that a professional clinician has in order to really help you identify what's going on and what the best treatment for you is. Okay, so there's different mental health um, professionals in the field and it's good to know the difference between them. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor who prescribes medication And provides medical medication management Uh, many people will see the psychiatrist between once a week to once a month um, as they're getting their medication balanced and at the right level for them it might take a little time to find what works with their body chemistry and that's what psychiatrists do Therapists are typically master-level people, licensed professional counselors, licensed clinical social workers, sometimes psychologists. They provide psychotherapy. They do assessments and diagnosis, treatment planning, and then setting goals with the client and following through on finding what is helpful for that client. They also work with psychiatrists in managing that client's plan
2: in high school uh, particularly in 11th grade I started to really struggle again with depression and and the things that I was dealing with and at that point got back into therapy uh, seeing several different people Uh, some of them I liked some of them I didn't like Uh, there's just a good fit I think everybody has to realize and needs to know that if you don't like the doctor you're going to find another one go to another doctor And so it took a while for me to find somebody that I really liked. You know, some were great about talking. I'm a big literature person. I love to read. And one of my therapist's brother was a novelist, so we sat and talked about books for 45 minutes to an hour as opposed to what was ailing me. So while it was fun to do that and escape for me, it didn't really provide me with any tools in which to sort of move forward. I got a therapist who I thought I had nothing in common with, and um ended up, she asked some questions that really sort of angered me at the time, and I remember her vividly, she said to me, I think you like being depressed, and I remember being completely taken back by that, and angered, and quite frankly pissed off about it, and uh, when I stopped and think about what she meant, and then she sort of reiterated she's like, I don't mean that you like to be depressed, but she's like, you have learned to cope in life being depressed. So when you're not depressed, you don't know how to cope. You don't know what to do with your emotions and your feelings. And so when you have these new emotions or feelings, you try to find ways to almost self-sabotage or go back to what's comfortable and familiar. And so the more I sort of pondered on that and thought about that, the more I thought she really sort of hit the nail on the head. And it's been some valid, valid feedback. So I've worked over the years to try to figure out how to deal with things and, and realize that life is a series of adjustments, a series of emotions. She really challenged me in therapy. She made me angry, but she really sort of lit the fire in me to realize that I was going to have to take the bull by the horns. I was going to have to be the person that uh, sort of led my own recovery.
1: That's a good point, Jeff. A lot of people do have a challenge in finding the right therapist for them, and it will take a little bit of time, but people need to know that if you are not connecting with your therapist, it's okay and it's okay to interview different people and try different clinicians until you feel like you are connecting with someone that is both challenging you and helping you move forward in your treatment so many times people will change therapists until they connect one of the things that we know about therapy is that the single most important part of effective treatment is the relationship between the therapist and client. If that relationship isn't there and the client's not feeling supported and um, connected and like they are moving in a direction that they want to move in, then by all means it's a good idea to seek help elsewhere. But again, just a word of caution, um, if you have started with someone, it may take a few visits before you get that comfort level. So, you know, try try a few times just to make sure before jumping around.
2: Well, I had a therapist, and God love him. he He was trying, but he wanted me to journal, and I'm not a journaler. I hate journaling. I don't want to write my feelings down in a journal. It works really well for some people. Some people really enjoy it. Some people keep diaries their whole life and write every day it's just and particularly in my field I write on a daily basis so the last thing I want to do is go home and sit and then write about what a wonderful day I had or what a horrible day I had Uh, you know in my 20s the way that I would cope with being in a bad mood or, or I didn't go home and drink bottles and bottles of wine but I would go out a lot with friends and so instead of finding things that I enjoyed in life or found interest in I would go out as a lot of 20 something year olds do and party and drink and you know do all kind of crazy things and you know the the sad thing about that it's it's sort of a vicious self-circling cycle that's not the right terminology but alcohol is a depressant so I would go out and drink with friends and I would feel good for a moment and sort of forget my troubles but then on the end of that you have that depressant kicks in and so it just would completely defeat the purpose and then the next day you got a Hangovers or whatever the case may be, so I would do that. Uh, I smoked was sort of a sort of a release for me, if you will. I smoked for twenty something years, and uh, finally quit about five years ago on that. But different mechanisms. Exercise is one that's routinely thrown out to me to exercise. And while I'm not a big fan of exercising, or the thought of exercising, I actually do feel much better when I do exercise and sort of get those endorphins going and, and just get off the couch. Uh, and, and sort of aside side to that is, you know, oftentimes I've learned in my older age that when I have a depressive episode coming on and I don't want to go out and meet people, I want to sort of sit in my isolated world, that I find if I force myself... To go out and have dinner with friends or go out with coworkers, it actually inevitably makes me in a better mood because it sort of prevents me from dwelling on something that I can't really change.
1: Like Jeff said, there are some good coping mechanisms and some not so good coping mechanisms when it comes to dealing with depression. And he's identified both for us. Some of the ones that he uses that are effective for him are exercise and getting support through talking with a licensed mental health clinician. Um, And identifying as well as the things that don't work for him because it's different for different people. And so while journaling might be something that works for one person, for Jeff it doesn't work. He shares with us also that he at one point in his life was using some self-medication by going out and partying and... Um, sleeping a lot and things of that sort. Those would be what we would call poor coping mechanisms. One thing that you can find out as you're working with a mental health clinician is identifying what works for you and trying different things until you hit upon the ones that are right for you because what works for you may be different than what works for somebody else like Jeff.
2: Going through therapy and all of that I've gone through for the last say 25-30 years, I realize now that a lot of people in my family were probably self-medicating and it was probably their way in which that they could deal with their struggles and you still get that in my family like we don't go to therapists we don't talk to people about our problems i don't need medicine i think now as adult in my mid-40s i have come to a good place as far as managing my depression i still get depressed i still get despondent i still get upset um, but i've learned better how to deal with that And realize you know some days are gonna be good and some are bad and that's just how it goes all that being said I've learned what works for me is I I do therapy but it's not intensive like it was it used to be that it was once a week growing up and then it went to every two weeks and then there were times in my life where it was once a month now what I find is works really good for me is I do med management so I go in just to get my meds checked I do know that if something stressful in my life is happening how to have access to go talk to somebody if I need to and now recognize the symptoms and realize okay this is gonna be a little more serious than than other sort of depressive episodes. So let me talk about it.
1: Jeff um has found out that talk therapy works for him along with medication management and it's been a process for him in his journey in dealing with depression from a child Through adulthood and finding out what works best for him. Treatment is different for different people. It can be shorter term or lifelong. It just depends on the individual and what their needs are. The good news about depression is that it can be managed. There is hope um, with an appropriate treatment plan for most individuals. information given in this podcast is
0: provided for recipients to gain a better understanding of health and well-being related topics and is not intended to provide specific medical advice. The Health and Well-Being Services staff, Georgia Power and Southern Company recommends follow up with a qualified healthcare provider for information related to individual health and well-being concerns. Southern Company employees have 24-7 access. To confidential mental and emotional well being counseling by calling the number on the back of their medical insurance card. If you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or loved one, or would like emotional support, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline Network is available 24 7 across the United States at 1 800 273 8255.